listeners, welcome to the St. Andrew's CMR podcast. This podcast is in collaboration with students and staff at the University of St. Andrews. At the Center for Minorities Research, we explore the complexities, challenges, and opportunities, continuities and discontinuities, unity and rupture of the everyday lives of minorities in Scotland and beyond. Hi, I'm Anisha and I'm a student of English and Spanish in my first year. Hi, I'm Nishita. I'm an undergraduate student studying English Literature and French Studies. In this podcast episode, we'll be discussing our own experiences and challenges within the structure of higher education, stressing the importance of diversifying and decolonizing the curriculum, as well as discussing what steps are being done by students to improve this. So we're going to start off a bit with discussing our own perspective and experience. Um, for me, I've always seen English as a really open and explorative subject. I remember writing in my personal statement to go into uni how excited I was to expand my awareness of different cultures and the libid and explore the lived experiences and perspectives of people because I think words do that the best. And as a humanities student, I know that it's a very dynamic study and how what we what we study and what we are educated on, um, what we're exposed to really influences our thoughts and our actions and our identities. So I think it really is crucial that we keep in mind the representation of global experiences and voices, especially in an increasingly diverse society. Um, you know, we live in one of the most racially diverse generations in history I think is so important that students need to represent the uh, studies need to represent the diversity that we see that we live in and that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis one of my favorite poets Joy Harjo says that the diversity in a biological system the thought system and cultures all are all marks of health so English as is as much of a historical examination as well And coming back to my own experiences of what I study, I know that there's many texts, especially that I studied in first year, that can't be segregated from the context of colonialism, slavery and the empire. So this was especially relevant in my first year. Um, many texts we studied were, were formed under the European imperialism um, and were shaped by it. So I did have some positive experiences in having the flexibility to tailor my coursework into what I was most interested in. This doesn't necessarily mean that the texts we study were um, portraying the British Empire, portraying the whole of the British Empire, portraying the discrimination and racism and so forth in them. But there was um, there was scope to discuss them and pick them apart if that was your interest. So I remember there was a lecture on the British Empire on post-colonialism and I remember studying the wasteland and seeing the section five, there's a lot of Sanskrit on that and I was curious to see how that would link with um, the Hindu scriptures and I was going to write my essay on that and one of the lectures was actually on the Bhagavad Gita's link to the wasteland and that was, I don't think I'll ever forget that lecture and it really excited me and just gave me so much passion and 
um, I was really actually proud to be studying English at St Andrews. So I wrote my essay on um, expansion and empire and then furthering on to second semester during the empires and revolutionaries module, I was really able to explore the imperialist gaze and apply post-colonial theories in my close reading. So I was um, discussing and looking at how words dictate and control how the other or the colonized is seen. And then in my thematic essays, I explored how words are used to express the suffering and the experience of the marginalized, which as I said before, is something which really, um, really makes me happy to study English and what, what I think the study of literature is all about. Um, we also had the chance to study a pack of enslavement and emancipation poems, which I loved. But um, although there weren't that many voices of the enslaved pre presented, I found the lectures were really great and it did create a good discussion on whose voices the canon focuses on. So I had a, a, some mini interviews with um, with people to discuss how the education that we and the studies that we that we do impact um, our identities and how they inform the way that we think. So um, I'm going to introduce uh, an organization called Sunga, which aims to integrate the communities of Manchester and celebrate the diversity. So here are two representatives of, of Sunga discussing their educational background and how their education impacted their identities, even as they've grown up and left, um, having to be within the confines of a curriculum. Hello, I'm uh, Rogers Governor. I'm the chairman of Sunga. I was born in South Africa, but I completed my high school education and my higher education, and I hold a honours degree in theology. Thank you. And what did you study in theology, and why do you think, um, were you satisfied with the amount that you learned about diversity and colonisation? My, my study in theology was focused very much on liberation theology and contextual theology, which largely uh, raises questions about uh, colonisation and uh, imperialism, and uh, slavery and racism and exclusion and discrimination and so i learned that that and as one studies one the, the, our past uh, history and we get to understand it we're able to to uh, address the kind of uh, exclusions and discrimination um, and oppression that goes with that accompanies um, uh, colonization and um, and imperialism and maybe what was your educational background and did you come to address themes of diversity and colonialism? Hi, my name is Nidhi and I am coordinator of Sangha. My educational background was uh, all in England. So I went from primary school all the way to degree level and uh, did also a uh, post-diploma in the British School of Yoga as a yoga practitioner. So all my education has been uh, based here. I think that in the higher education there was no reference to um, learning about colonialism um, or different, um, uh, different topics like that within what I was studying. Um, although whilst I was doing my British School of Yoga, 
that's when I started to become enlightened of the of our history. So, so during your education in the in the higher education in the in the British curriculum, did you find when you were growing up that there was any mention of the British Empire or things that impacted your identity? Uh, no, there was no no uh, kind of correlation to anything to do with colonialism or um, how it would uh, impact my identity. And I wish there was because that would give me more of a belonging to England. Okay, and Rogers, did you find that you mentioned that you did have quite a lot of experience um, in this sort of education? So do you think that impacted you? much more positively and shaped your your identity more? Yes, I was exposed to a fair amount of it <clears throat> in my higher education and uh, and that made a big difference to my own understanding of who I was and my place in the world. Um, so it, 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 it was very good for my own sense of, of well-being, of my own sense of uh, who I was and that I was a a, a, a person who could flourish and, and grow uh, despite my oppressive uh, history uh, that, that, that I shared with my parents and my grandparents and great-grandparents. They were all products of colonialism. So it's clear that as uh, you grow up and come, both of you have obviously left the um, higher education system that the amount to which you learn about diversity impacts how you view uh, your, how you learn about yourself, your identity, and your culture, and that it clearly impacts you as an adult. Um, obviously, way past your your higher education status, and that impacts how you the work that you do and how you how you view yourself. Would you say that's a fair? Uh, it, it also, um, it, yeah, it also uh, gives us a different, um, it changes our perception of others and how you relate to others and how you work in uh, between different organisations. So I think um, it's absolutely crucial that we um, try to allow more uh, topics like this. I would say, I would, I would, I would say for me personally, it, it gave me uh, clarity about identity. Secondly, it gave me greater confidence in my, 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 my identity. And thirdly, it enabled me to, to regard myself as an equal with others, especially uh, with, uh, with, with people of other races, especially white folk. And uh, all of that has enabled me to to, uh, to, 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 uh, to serve uh, the church and serve the community um, with confidence and without allowing myself um, to be oppressed and excluded in any way. And I also recorded someone who has recently graduated from the University of George Washington and has completed her education in the UK. Um, would you mind introducing yourself and um, your background in education, please? Sure. So my name's Neha. I did my GCSEs and A-levels in the UK um, and I studied, well, one of the A-levels I did was history. 
And then I studied international affairs and economics in the States, the university, and I just graduated about six, seven months ago. Cool. And um, how was your ex- like general experience in higher education? Was there anything particularly in history that you um, that you found that you wanted to explore more or that wasn't covered as much as you would want it to be? So I would say probably when I was in school, um, I had like an interest in British Empire, specifically in like South Asia, just because that's like where my family's from and you know, I had like my own intellectual interests there, but I can say like I've never officially been taught that in history in school. Um, and I, I was in the UK year 10 to the end of uh, year 13. So that's not something that I've ever been like properly taught is any part of the empire really. And I know that it's um, sometimes taught earlier than that, but what we kind of found is Um, just by nature of like what's required to be covered in the curriculum if you had some sort of interest that was you know anywhere to do with empire anywhere in the world or you know non-western focused history you kind of had to go and search it out yourself or do a little bit of research for yourself Uh, did you how did you find that sort of has impacted you and your like in where you are now do you wish that obviously if you did get taught more do you think that would change the way that you kind of interact with the world and understand it yeah I think less so just like if you look at like individually just like generally I think you find that there's quite a lack of understanding or comprehension about actually the wider reaching impacts of well I mean I guess colonialism in general just because it's not broadly taught so if you don't have any basic knowledge or like personal interest say like you just want to look into it yourself Mm -hmm. then there's not really any reason for anyone to know anything yeah Um, yeah because I think you mentioned that there was like um that story about Winston Churchill about how um if you'd like to tell that story about how the 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 lack of education has kind of so I, I mean, when I was in my GCSEs, for one of my projects, I started looking into like whatever topics to do. Um, and I started learning a little bit more about Winston Churchill. And at this time, I didn't really know anything about him other than, I mean, he was like quite popular. Um, he was like seen as a wartime hero. Like that's really all I knew at that time. But then once you start to just learn even a little bit more about him, um, it's quite, shocking that this is someone who's been like idolized through like periods of I mean I guess British history and my my whole like the whole basis of my project is that he was voted as the greatest Britain of all time in a BBC poll not that many years before I was doing this um which I found really surprising just given that if you even try and learn like a little bit more about him than whatever is surface level there is so much um well shocking stuff I guess and Mm -hmm. it again like it wasn't really common knowledge for that many people our age at the time so after I gave my project like I know that that actually impacted some people which is kind of sad that it had to be done by a student yeah and like I mean the same can be said for so many of my peers projects as well like 
obviously you can't cover everything yeah and I know that's like something that schools grapple with a lot but yeah I was gonna say did you find like a lot of um sort of responsibility to kind of educate both yourself and the other students around you through what you were studying and like issues that about colonialism and things like that um I would say I don't know about feeling responsibility I don't I know that it's it's something that people grapple with a lot I think like what why should the onus be on students um essentially to teach something that I mean if you look at empire specifically that is such a key part of if you, even if you want to forget the rest of the world which I mean I don't particularly want to but even if you do and you're looking at it from like a Brit-centric lens that's such a significant part of UK history or British mm -hmm. history so uh, I do think it's a bit wild that it's not covered really that widely at all and it's I mean I don't know how it's changed really since I've left school but yeah so we can clearly see that um, embracing each other's identities and understanding that the British Empire is fundamental and core in the multicultural Britain in which we live today, that education is so, so important to understand not only our past, but our present and also help shape the future. I absolutely agree. Um, as I'm an, Indian, I'm an Indian student who grew up in Nigeria, my love for literature stems from its ability to preserve identities, to immortalise man, whether fiction or non-fiction. I grew up with a diverse array of literature, one that reflected and critiqued the world around me. I was used to an English literature where the only thing common with every single book I read was the language used, English. Coming into this university, my first English module was Empires and Revolutions, literature from the 1680s to the 1830s. And um, as Anisha mentioned, I was really excited. Um, we were going to take apart the, um, the British Empire and we were going to explore works um, unheard of, voices of the minorities, but I couldn't have been more disappointed um, because we had begun with Orinoco, which is a novel by Afra Bren. And it's a curious novel which could be perceived as both anti-abolitionist as well as abolitionist. It's a novel that simultaneously perpetuates a racial hierarchy and a colonial mentality while trying to seem humane. And um, while several characters are portrayed as greedy and, and cruel, the barbarity colonialism, uh, of colonialism is not called into question. Um, it was a great start, but then was followed by Gulliver's Travels and then The Rape of the Lock. I would have loved to study a counter-slave narrative immediately after. However, we did have to end up studying a collection of 12 slavery and em emancipation extracts and poems, which Anisha also mentioned, in week five, when our first essay was due. Having been able to have the luxury of studying Orinoco for a whole week, then unable to give that time to 12 different texts by different authors, it was a bit disheartening. A lot of my peers would come up to me and say that they'd wish that they'd had more time studying those texts and there were too many texts bunched together in one and pushed together for just one week um, and that week was in particular exam week and I was also a bit annoyed that we didn't get to read any books written by non-British authors in the colonial landscape for example um, any Tagore or even Kipling um, so uh, moving on to my next year at university, I was hoping to 
see a bit of a change, but it was still a similar trend. Um, with my second year English modules, this time it was medieval and Renaissance texts, I knew I would not be touching any books that reflected the world that I was currently living in. It did, however, get me thinking about the idea of legacy. The authors I was having to study here had time as their secret weapon. Chaucer, Shakespeare and Milton built their presence and we are urged to study them as classics to further strengthen their legacy. However, all these texts are perpetually elitist and non-diverse and this is not everyone's reality. They have the platform of imperialist privilege and centuries of prestige in promoting the genius of just British authors. And that's what has led them to being in this compulsory module. But um, how do we build the legacy of English speaking authors from other parts of the world? How do we herald their genius and their legacy? Uh, in my second semester, we had to study um, drama, reading and performance, and we had two black authors in the whole module, namely Debbie Tucker Green and Derek Walcott, um, both again the week before exams began, both amazing texts, but because it was pushed to, um, to the last week, the week before exams, there was very little time to unpack them in the ways that we were doing the earlier texts, such as um, Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. It feels like a lack of importance is being shown to explore and give us a true and complete well-rounded education in English literature, which is why as students, we have to take that initiative and we have to start groups and um, petitions to diversify the English module, add um, more books that reflect the world that we current, currently live in and yeah, petition for more novels and drama and poetry that we can resonate with. Yeah, I think um, the, the student awareness is really a key um, aspect of the St. Andrews English University experience that I've had the pleasure to be involved with and to really see just no matter um, how kind of undiverse the, the curriculum is to see the students getting involved has really kind of given me hope and I've been working both me and Nishita have been working a lot um, with the students as part of the student diversity and inclusivity committee and seeing um, their opinions as well as that I'm involved in the step project um, for decolonizing the school of English and we're talking about projects um, and that we can do to actively make a change to the curriculum. So um, for six or so weeks, we've been analyzing the modules um, of the honors, um, of the honors modules um, mostly and, and, and seeing the, which modules were compulsory and the accessibility of this, of actually studying more diverse modules is quite shocking because um, as Nishita touched on before, the more compulsory modules were mainly white, Western and canonical um, figures. So um, of the Renaissance or medieval period, which obviously isn't, most people wouldn't find as relevant to the world that we're living in today. Um, so with this project, we're trying to create a better foundation for students and staff, because I really do believe that it benefits all of us to have this more broad outlook. Um, you shouldn't, we can't, we can't really separate just English literature from its context. I think that would be absurd to do so. And um, it's really important that we do have more of a holistic outlook on 
our studies of literature because they go hand in hand. Um, so as Nishita also mentioned um, in this project, we've discussed this issue of week 11, we've named it, um, how that they present issues of race and colonialism and empire, which are so key to discuss more at the end or and how this doesn't give students much time to think about it as they're studying other texts or think about how they work in relation to the rest of the module and is often left maybe after the coursework is due. So it doesn't really give much opportunity for students to pursue that unless they really, really take that initiative and, and do it, which I don't think is fair. Um, so as well as this step programme, um, I believe there's a post-colonial reading group disc, um, starting up and I have also um, started up my own group called Anything But The West, which is a discussion group um, and is a really great example of the student support and interest that I've seen during my first year at St Andrews. And what we're doing is every so often me and a group of students, which I'm really impressed with the turnout, are just coming together to discuss texts that aren't from the Western canon. And I think it's so great to see us bouncing off each other and using the diversity that we have within the student community and our varied interest to do what literature should do, which is to expand each of our horizons and to expand our minds and bring different things to the table. So we'll be discussing um, so many different authors and so many different cultures and I just love how it's not limited and hopefully my vision is that we can take these um, these authors and these ideas that we discuss in this group and apply it to the essays and apply it to the marked coursework to just show the staff how um, keen we are for this to be integrated into the more rigid curriculum that we have. Yeah exactly and um, with the with the uh, post-colonial reading group, we're trying to make it a bit more school affiliated. So we'll have a member of the faculty uh, who will be facilitating these uh, conversations and analysis with the books that we will be indulging. And I think it will be a very productive session. And it's not just our student groups that are helping out. As the class representative of my year, I have had the honor of uh, reviewing the feedback that I receive when it, uh, in terms of um, the modules, and I get I get a lot of um, I get I get a lot of feedback concerning equality and diversity. Where some of the students have said, "and quote the reading list does not reflect the world I live in. I feel no personal connection to the books I'm currently reading in the module. I wish we could look at books through a, the a theoretical lens. I would like some support with essay writing preparation." as someone who's not from the UK, I struggle to, to write in the way the examiner would prefer. These are all such important feedback and the fact that um, people are putting in the work and um, writing in these feedback forms and sending in to me shows how interested and passionate they are about wanting to read uh, books that they resonate with and books that they want to uh, that they feel connected to and that they see themselves in. And yeah, um, 
there's this interesting uh, quote that I read uh, on when I was uh, researching about diversity in British education. And it says that what's striking is that all these issues, the exam restrictions, the resource shortages, the pedagogical, the pedagogical challenges exceed the bounds of their statistical markers, which is to say the problem goes beyond the numbers. The recent fixation with representation risks reducing racial liberation to a game of matchup. It assumes that things might be better if only the proportion of BAME authors on school curricula matched the proportion of BAME students in the school. This sounds ridiculous, and that's the point. It makes little sense to speak of racism and grammar of, in, of in the grammar of adequacy. Um, and I read this in the website Writers Make Worlds, and it's it's so true that we cannot have um, the authors in relation to the number of students. Um, in the university, I think that to have a well-rounded approach towards literature, one should have access to all types of literature. As Nishita has touched on that, we really have seen the student feedback and what the students want and how the world is changing and, and the, that history needs to be seen. Um, which obviously begs the question of what needs to be done. And I think that it does require a shift across curriculums in higher education, um, not necessarily just in one department or one section or one course, but that we should all address this collectively and, and it shouldn't be separated just as an individual um, like thing that this needs to be changed, but that as a lens to collectively view the whole of our studies with that, you know, the lens of post-colonialism, of Said's Orientalism should be focused on, um, I think there was a quote saying that Said's Orientalism should be focused on just as much as Freud's work, because I think it's so relevant to see just the, the changing dynamic and multicultural world that we live in could not have become without, without this other side of it of the empire and slavery and we can't dismiss these decades of oppression and colonial influence which is still ongoing to this day so it just makes me wonder if um in our higher education and in the more rigid curriculum if we're just perpetrating ideal ideologies which are more imperialist by limiting the diversity of texts that we study um because i think education can't be limited and it must be as open as possible so we need to expand the diversity within education which has countless benefits and it must be as open as possible otherwise we're just um perpetrating that ideology of of separation and elitism and um and just narrow-minded thinking so we have to be taught to think as open as possible um so one of an author the author of sapiens harari said that empires were one of the main reasons for the drastic reduction in human diversity and obviously going back to the joy hodger quote i touched on at the start that diversity is a sign of health in biology and in culture and a failure to see the whole context and be holistic and inclusive is a failure of the education system and the study of any subject is meant to be broad and we would all benefit from much more wider outlook. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 
uh, we cannot overlook how painfully narrow and traditional the education system in the Department of English is. Whilst there has been so much progress, there is a lot of work to, that still has to be done. The truth of the matter is students will lose their love for literature if they don't get to explore and study texts that they feel connected to. Whilst the classics are important and while their genius has to be recognized, I feel like it is equally important to recognize the genius of English speaking authors who are not um, British. And uh, Julie McCulloch, the director of policy in the Association of School and College Leaders has said in relation to GCSE English, but I think that it is, it's, it's, uh, it's relate, it can relate to our university level English as well, that it is important to recognize that children need access to traditional works of the past. And this is an important element of learning about literature, but they also need to read books which are directly relevant to their lives. And the choice of texts from BAME writers in the current specification is too limited. So um, yeah, I really hope that through this podcast, you have been able to see that our there is a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of diversifying the School of English and students are um, really trying their best to make things work when, with the help of the faculty. We hope that there can be more progress and we can see more, more, uh, more texts um, included in our, uh, more, more texts with diverse authors included in our modules. Yeah, thank you for listening and we hope that um, this episode has encouraged you to support um, groups that are trying to help diversify the curriculum and to um, continue to raise this debate and this discussion around education in the higher curriculum and see just what we're studying and how that impacts um, our lives and our identities and communities. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CMR podcast. For more information, visit the St. Andrews CMR website, Facebook, or Twitter. See you next time. Bye.